HP3. God, it hurts him! Barnes knocks him down! Miles Turner. Harrison Barnes. Nikhil Alexander Walker. How do you know? Let's get after it. I think it's great that many of you uh, want to listen to a podcast like this to stay current. Uh, updates on cards, updates on players, and that's what I'm always going to do. And uh, at the same time, you know, I, I want to equip you. I want to not only say, hey, here's a fish, but say, hey, if you want to go catch fish, did I say Fitch? Like Bill Fitch? Like Austin Town Fitch? If you want to catch fish, fishies, if you want to go angling and uh, catch some fish, here's how one, one fisherman does it. Here's how I come to some of my conclusions about players and cards. And, and the question that I've been asking some of you and kicking around and chewing on is how do I know? when it's time to buy a card. With all these young players and all the ups and downs in an NBA season, and you're pulling out these episodes here called Five Buys, well, how do I know? How do you know? Even if it's a guy that's playing really well, what makes me have at least a hunch? Because we should all agree, we don't know. You can't predict the future. You can't say, hey, just because... John Morant scored 35 points a game in the first week that his cards are absolutely going to go up no matter what else happens in the world. Like you can't, I can't promise you that. In fact, if you guys are listening to this podcast thinking, Hey, uh, Gary, this podcast or this hoops plus subscription, you, you're going to be perfect in telling me ever, all the future. Like you're, you're the, the prophet you're Nostradamus. You're telling me exactly who's going to make the all-star team, what teams are going to make the playoffs, and which cards to put my $100 in so that in in February I'll, I'll flip those cards and have $500. I can't... Boy, that would be fun, but I, I can't promise you that. And so if you're listening to me or to Hoops or anybody for that reason, like really, if you're listening to Jeff Wilson for, for that reason, then uh, you're going to be disappointed. I'm disappointed sometimes. I go to fish and I say, hey, uh, this guy is buy. Or I'm buying into this card. And, you know, here I am. One of the things about fishing is sometimes you might have to wait quite a while out there on the lake before you catch anything. I feel like with Jaron Jackson Jr., it's just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting, Jaron. I saw you play last night and you looked like you had no clue what you were doing on the court. I look, you're like one of nine from three. You're like bouncing around. You don't know where to be in the offense. And I assume you're going to figure that out, but some guys never do. And some teams 
you know, decide that you're just not a fit for them. I don't know. I can't guarantee that the Jaron Jackson cards I own are going to do what I still believe they will, but I can't guarantee it. How do you know? (laughs) Here's another one. When it's time to fish or cut bait, how do you know when to invest in a guy or when to invest in a card? And, And again, no guarantees, but we still make decisions and we still will come out and say, all right, I'll spend that 10 bucks. I'll spend that 100 bucks. I'll spend that $600. And you want to know that, okay, all right, I don't have a guarantee here, but I really have a lot of logical reasons to feel good about this. You know, if I had to if I had to put a percentage <laughs> that this is going to happen, it's going to be closer to 80 or 90% than 30 or 40%. Right? How do you know when a guy is a buy? Like when I'm making that five guys list, what criteria do I have? What goes through my head? And I want to give you some of those things because I'm, those are standing out to me right now as we've seen most teams have played four or five games and there's a lot of question marks right now. There's a lot of, okay, is this guy going to be a breakout candidate or is he going to tank? Is this, does this guy have cards that are interesting and worth, even if this guy, another guy might be having a breakout season already, but his cards already thought he would and the values are already up. So that's not a buy right now in my head. How do I know? Or how do I think I know? How do you think you know a guy is a buy? And there has to be something more than just, well, I want him to. Guys, there has to be more than just, hey, Uh, It's my local team, and he seems like a nice person, and I love that one game he had last year, so I'm going to buy Darius Garland cards. No, it has to be something, you know, um, if this isn't just some silly game, if I'm just not, like, throwing money into the wind, (laughs) you know? What are the rational things you're looking for when it comes to picking a player or picking a card, and... I think that's important to think through and know. Again, if you just want to listen to Hoops and Cards or another podcast and say, hey, that's why I'm listening to you, G, because you're doing all the work. You, you, I trust you for whatever reason. I trust that the things you say aren't going to be insane, aren't going to be crazy and, and uh, flippant about, hey, just go buy D'Anthony Melton because, you know, I had a beef Mexi melt yesterday and it reminded me of him and his like or I saw this dunk on sports center like it has to be something more doesn't it I mean some of sometimes you collect guys for fun and you don't care if they have value or not but the other 98% of the time I want my cards to not only retain their value but go up and so it really is to me the difference between like how do I spot a miles bridges from a Miles Turner. How do I know the difference between number two pick Marvin Bagley the third and number three pick Evan Mobley the first? <laughs> right? What makes me think, what makes us think certain guys are on the five guys list? So I'm going to let you behind the curtain a little bit. Okay? And see some of our rationale 
And if it helps you fish, if it's a skill you want to develop, because sometimes by the time I mention a guy on my podcast, it's we've missed a little bit of the buying opportunity, right? We've missed some of the buying opportunity already. So if you want to learn how to fish, I've got some five guys principles or some thoughts about players for you. And uh, again, nothing crazy, nothing, you know, it's not rocket science, but it does matter. So let's talk about how to fish. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So here are some things that I that I have in the back of my mind when I'm going fishing, when I'm evaluating a player or a card. One is, if I'm the only person that's in on or favorable or likes this guy or this card, that's a problem. There's enough content creators out there. There's enough basketball analysts out there that if you don't hear somebody else talking about that guy, uh, maybe you're wrong. There's so many basketball scouts, fantasy basketball, ESPN.com, like like all the things. So if you if you just you know saw a couple plays or watched half a game or like a guy's middle name, like and that there's something wrong with that. I usually want to make sure there are other people already talking about this guy, not necessarily in the cards market space, but just in basketball, the NBA period. Are they talking about him? Another thing is, does he show great scoring potential? Like, we like all the other stats. Everything's important. There's more to the game, absolutely. But a guy really gets people's attention when he can score. Nobody says, hey, Evan Mobley dropped four on the Raptors last night, and they're talking about his four blocks. Or Paul George dropped eight against the Lakers. No, they don't They don't say that the, the number of how many steals a guy had to uh, to say what a, what a great game he had. They say he dropped 38 on the Clippers. Wait, if Paul George is scoring against the Clippers, we got issues. Does a guy have great scoring potential? That's, that's enormous because that says, hey, at some point, he's going to break out or could break out in a noticeable way that will have buzz and have excitement about him. And maybe... The more he plays, he'll be able to score like that on a regular basis or score as the team needs on a regular basis. So does he have scoring potential? This, the third thing would be, well, does he also do other stuff? Because that keeps a guy on the court. Does he also uh, get assists, rebounds? So, I mean, points might be the most noticeable stat, 
but does the guy have a well-rounded basketball game? And because sometimes that that's, that says he is going to be that valuable to a team. The point guard who maybe his, his shot is off that night, but he still gets nine assists, that's pretty cool. Or, hey, Jaron, if you're going to go one of nine for three, how about trying to get a rebound? Is that too much to ask of a seven-footer? Get a rebound. But at least Jaron blocks, and at least Jaron steals and fouls. So there's that. At least Russell Westbrook turns the ball over. <laughs> there are some stats you don't want, right? Man, Russ, you just have this great knack for giving the ball to the guys in the other uniforms. <laughs> no, there's certain stats we don't want our guys to have, but does, does that person have a well-rounded game that will keep them on the court and give them the potential to separate from other guys that are just shooters? Okay? So yeah, are other people talking about them? Can they score? Do they also play basketball and do other things? I, I guess, guys, I also look for, are they young? Right? Are they are they younger than 25? Do they have do they have the potential to make a long run at being an impactful player? Another thing that you've heard me talk about is is a player's momentum. Is have they done this for more than one game? You know, or one week? That's why this first week is I mean it's exciting cuz we all are, you know, NBA games, yay, and highlights and look at the Look at those cards that sold right away and look at the, how the player I, I bought into in buying season is already bringing it. Like, I know, I know. We need a bigger sample size. We need a month of these guys. And here's here's the advantage that some of us have, you know, if, this, if you've been paying attention to the NBA or basketball cards for more than, more than a week and a half. Well, you have, you have past history to draw on with these guys. Like, if I hadn't paid attention to Nikhil Alexander Walker last January, February, and March, I'd be really nervous right now. Because Naw is not playing like I hoped he would. But here's the thing. I have faith, and so do the Pelicans, that he's going to... Yeah, these young guys are going to become more consistent. I have faith that Tyrese Maxey is going to be more consistent. And that's awesome. I think he is going to be uh, a great young combo guard that can average between 17 and 22 a game. I just I just believe in him. Not because he had one good game in the playoffs, but because he's shown that he can do some of this stuff in the NBA at a high level. You know, another thing with these young players is that uh, it, it takes them a while. Some of them, it takes two or three years to get used to an 82-game schedule and doing basketball year-round. Some of them didn't even play college ball. Some of them, if they did play college ball, it was in a one-year stint at a school that was strapped by COVID. So they maybe got 12 games in. And their bodies, their minds, their basketball games are not fully developed yet. So it might take a year or two or three. I'm not surprised that... Miles Bridges is having a breakout year in his, what, third, fourth year? I shouldn't be surprised that it takes Darius Garland a while to get his engines going and to get his legs underneath him because the kid played five games in college. And his first his first season in the NBA was cut short by stinking virus. So all that to say, 
I'm watching scoring potential. Do they do other things around the game? Have they done it for a while? Do they have personality? Do they, that is that impacts it really? Like, is that is that kid a hard worker? Is that player fun to be around? Does he make his teammates better? What's his plus minus? Those are some intangible things that you have to say. All right, uh, here's why that team likes him so much. Right here's why they're giving him that much playing time, even though he's struggling from the field. The team believes in him, and they're giving him a lot of opportunities. They're giving him a long leash. Guys, I've seen stretches where OG Ananobi looks like he doesn't belong anywhere near an NBA court. But the Raptors have stuck with him, and he has games like he did yesterday. And it's like, okay, maybe you are a decent starting small forward or power forward or whatever they want you to be that can put up 20-plus a night more your body gets used to it, the more your mindset gets used to it, the more confidence you have, the more you learn to adjust to uh, the way teams are trying to defend you. There's so much going on there. I'm just saying, when you're watching a player, right? Think through what, what he's bringing to the table, what he could bring, what the team likes about him. Is he more than just a scorer? But if he needs to, can he score? There's a lot of those things and more that I would say, okay, know the basketball player that you're going to invest in before you say, here he is on my five buys list. And then the other thing that I would say is just as important would be, well, knowing that guy's card market. We'll get to that in a minute. Hey, before we get to the the rest of this podcast about uh, fishing and knowing the card market values, I'd love for us to, here's a definitely like directly related question from one of our listeners. So listener feedback time. This is Eric. Uh, I'm leaving you a message from California. Um, my question is, I've invested into a lot of guys like, you know, Shea, KPJ, and um, my Michael Porter. And I guess I'm wondering around what time of the year should I be expecting, like, the card prices to change? Um, because obviously we're only like a week into the season. Um, some people have already started changing the price of their cards, but... It seems like a lot of people are still comping from, you know, a month or two ago. And I don't really understand how they're, I guess, making those pricing decisions based on that. Because, you know, value changes over time. But I just wonder, like, around what time of the year it starts to change and um, go up or go down. Yeah, just want to know. Thanks, man. Eric, hey, great to hear from you. One of our listeners that's been with us pretty much since the beginning. Great to hear from you in California. Great question. Totally fits what we're talking about today. And the guys you mentioned, man, the the Michael Porter Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., Shea Gilgis-Alexander, just want to give you props. Those are three great guys to invest in. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're saying you want to then sell some of those guys this season, because you could. And there are certain times of the year, like beginning of the season, uh, around the new year, people are spending their Christmas money and they're getting into, you know, a lot more NBA games on primetime TV. So the NBA is 
you know, not competing with football or soccer or the World Series the, when the NBA takes the center stage late January and February for the All-Star game, if any of these guys make the All-Star team. And then a little bit around the playoff push. Uh, you know, hopefully you bought these guys with a willingness to sell if they go up or to keep for longer because all three of them, I believe, will have fantastic lengthy careers if they can stay healthy. So I guess it just depends on what your goal is with these. But your question also brings up another point. How are people assessing the value of a card? And uh, I'm I'm at the point where, you know, when some guy even even looks up the comps or shows me his phone on the comps, um, I've had it done to me two or three times where that guy will pick the 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 sale that favors him. And I, I have sorry to be skeptical, but I'll pick the sale that favors him and what he wants to do, whether it's buy your card for as cheap as it sold for a month ago, <laughs> or if it's to sell his card for as much as it went for, you know, six buys ago on the highest auction that went off. Like I I don't like the way people are using comps and I'm saying I don't trust it. And there have been sometimes where a guy looks up a card and I say, okay, the, the comp you just showed me on your phone isn't even ended one of the ended recently or the sold recently's, or you just looked at the buy it now, or here's the skeptic in me. You might've even sorted those comps by lowest price plus shipping. And I'm like, all right, in a friendly way, can we, can we somehow agree on what the most recent comps are? And cause not sometimes it's, they just don't know how to use the eBay app or they just don't search for it. Right. I don't know. Especially you have a, you have a, a timely point here because some of these card values have changed dramatically in the first week of the NBA season. So anybody that tells you, Hey, look at these comps and their last three sales of that card are from September. You, you got to let this person know, Hey, um, there's, there's been some changes, you know, and, and you can tell when it's like, can we have a friendly dialogue about where, where there actually might be other comps to look at, or is this person going to take it personal or are they trying to like rip you off? I, I don't know. There's sometimes it's not even worth the conversation for me. Um, and I'll say that as skeptical as I sound right now, that, that only happens maybe one out of five conversations with a seller or buyer, but, it, but I'm like aware of it. And it helps to know where are you getting your comps and how are you landing on what you think is the value of that card? If you can, can agree upon that, fine. Uh, the other thing too, is if some guy is like pulling out the lowest comp and trying to buy my card for the lowest price, I have two responses to that. One is, well, the comps I'm seeing are, you know, and I'll, I'll show them, I'll, I might even screenshot and send it to him and say, look, look at the date. That's today. That's like the last five of them sold today for $20 more than you're saying it's comped at. <laughs> like, I, I don't even have to point it out. The comp speaks for itself. Uh, the other thing is, you know, if you've priced your cards high and somebody sends you a lowball offer and the note that says, hey, the comps are actually blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. I'm asking what I'm asking for it. It's my card. In fact, I've even talked about listing some on eBay that way. And if they want to give you an offer that's close enough and you'll take it, fine. But if they don't, I'm not I'm not open to being lectured about what that guy thinks he should be able to steal from me. So 
All I'm saying is it, it helps you as a buyer or seller of those guys. Boy, especially the young, volatile uh, card markets of SGA, Porter Jr., and Porter Jr. And by the way, the best time for those guys, if you are selling, the best time for those guys is when they do hit their um, – the stuff we've been talking about in this episode – when when they are getting more fame and notoriety, when they are stringing together like a month of awesome games, like Shea Gildress Alexander is already on fire, and you should see what he did last night. So I expect word to get out about him in the next couple weeks. People already know the name, but they could be like, "Dude, he is he's legit." He's stepping up. He's his scoring totals are going up. He's doing all the things. He, yeah. He's doing it again. Porter Jr. and Porter Jr. haven't really done much yet. And I'm just waiting for Kevin Porter Jr. to drop 50 on somebody and everybody go, you know, his cards could double in in a day. I'm not kidding. He, uh it happened already for him several times in his career. Michael Porter Jr., he's he's the one of those three that's on a playoff team. Denver's going to be Right there in the middle of the conversation, with or without Jamal Murray, once he just once Porter Michael Porter Jr. starts hitting his shots, man, watch out. You know, it's just a slower start for him, and that's that's fine. Um, so I would encourage you not to be in a hurry to sell those guys if that's what you're talking about, and certainly not selling them to guys who act like, you know, it's still August and buying season. You know, you could even say to them, "Hey, hey." Uh, that's cool where you got your comps. Uh, by the way, I got this podcast where um, they, they talk about basketball card comps and, and just how crazy the, the the prices are right now with the beginning of the season. You know, you should listen to Hoops and Cards. That's what you... Dude, Eric, seriously. You could spread the good word about and then then uh, instead of you having the conversation with them, I will. I'll be like, guys, come on. Don't, don't give people BS comps just to get a deal. Here's how to get legit comps. And even if they don't like your version of the comps, who are you to tell them what their card's worth? If we can agree on that and have a friendly conversation, awesome. In fact, sometimes I'll come down and sell or I'll go up and buy just because, hey, yeah, I really want that card and there's a reason I reached out. Uh, but Eric, dude, great, great question. Thank you. Listeners, everybody, please send in your feedback. I love when you can record it like that because, uh, you know, I get tired of hearing my voice, just me, so... Awesome. Guys. So not just knowing the player and some of that guy's track record and abilities and what the team thinks of him, but also knowing, excuse me, enough about the card market to make an informed decision. And let me say this. One of the advantages we have, I think, if you focus on basketball cards, and I, I have other cards. I have a decent amount of football cards, some soccer, some baseball. But like I really focus my knowledge and my time on basketball, as you guys know. And you can go to a card show and there could be 50 dealers. And I would bet that 48 of them uh, sell multiple sports. And they have baseball, basketball, football. Let me say 45. Some of them are still baseball only vintage, you know, those guys. But uh, most most dealers, most shops carry a variety, right? And and I would say 
those are the guys that um, they may know all the big names. Oh, they've heard of, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander. And they've heard of DeAndre Ayton. But they may not know much about Tyrese Maxey or certainly not Jordan Poole, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Never heard of Josh Giddy. You know, it's some funny name on a Chronicles box they ripped open just to see if they could get a Cade Cunningham who they have never seen play. They, you have an advantage knowing only basketball. So that that's already on your side, a little bit ahead of the, the market that way, especially in prospecting or in, or in just knowing currently what player is doing better than his... His card value said he was, you know, three months ago when that guy got his box of prism hobby. Anyway, uh, knowing the card market of a player is just as important because there are opportunities when he's a lesser known to buy numbered cards for far cheaper than when his name gets out there to buy silver, to buy some of the few that might have been graded or might be graded of that guy. And let, let me just say, even, even knowing the market coming out of the summer or coming out of buying season, some people were just so excited to finally be able to dump their Tyler Hero cards just in time for Tyler Hero to erupt with a bunch of 20 plus point games and have some of us saying, hey, 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 <laughs> Hey, it's buying season because you people think Tyler is, right, a selling opportunity and he's he's just not. So some people scoop those up and actually you can look at eBay comps, eBay sales, 130point.com, Starstock, Starstock Pro and see what Tyler Hero's graph did over the last two weeks. And his, let me just say his graph did some things that a lot of other players that people know their names and used to buy into their rookies, those those cards didn't go up and didn't sell as much. And the reason is because those guys haven't started to play as well as Tyler Hero is playing. Some people got in knowing, hey, I know the card market. If this kid is going to put up 25 or 30 two or three times a week, I'm buying now. And so the, the number of Tyler Hero silver prisms or graded cards those those rapidly sold out. Not entirely, they're still out there, but they sold out at those earlier price points or at the buying season price points because people like you and me, we knew, hey, uh, this guy's market is still down. Or you have guys whose market was never up. And we could just do a full case study on the last seven days of Miles Bridges and his 2018 Prism Silver card what that thing has done in the last seven to 10 days is guys, it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's not just a one big game from miles Turner and he has 40 points. And then he goes back to being like two for 12, nine rebounds, a block. Oh, is he hurt again? Like he doesn't disappear after one game. Miles Bridges is a guy that was doing this for months last year. And then he pops up again, and in the first two weeks, he's closing in on averaging 30 points a game. That's not a that's not a fluke. That's not a blip. It's not a fad. Maybe it's just him having a great start to a breakout season. And so the people that bought his cards a week, 
to 10 days ago, you can see the, the deals they got on eBay. And now you can go and look at all the new listings of people. Maybe it's those same people, or maybe it's people like you and me saying, all right, I wasn't counting on Miles Bridges, but while his value's going up, I'm gonna sell. I did that with one of my cards, but I kept another one because I'm like, um, the guy's like 22 or 23. He's on a team full of youngsters that could be playoff bound. And, and so what if this is him becoming the next, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's fun to watch right now. And he's doing those things I talked about for a player. He's not just scoring. He's getting a lot of boards, playing defense, putting up highlights, shooting the three. Like he's, he's a three level scorer. Is that what they call it? Where he can shoot from way outside or mid range game or just dunks on fast breaks. Miles Bridges is doing all the things. And so smart NBA investors bought his cards last week. I still think there's a, a window here to get a steal or a short-term flip on Miles Bridges, if that's what you want. I'm also thinking he's a buy and hold candidate. But as I approach this weekend and the card show that I'm probably going to, gotta check with the, the wifey, you know, figure out the schedule and uh, how, how much time I can break free to go to the, you know. Or if there's more important things this weekend for our family, you know, I, that's, that's an important priority for us. But what I'm saying is, if you're going shopping, card shopping this weekend online or in person somewhere, most of the dealers have like a variety of sports and have their general knowledge about the NBA. And they may have heard Miles Bridges' name in the last week or two, but guys, they don't know. And some of them are just, just thrilled to sell a card for 20 bucks tomorrow that they thought was worth four. And you're thrilled to get a card for 20 bucks. His Prism Silver is now selling, selling, not just listed, selling on eBay for $75, $80 raw. The one I have, I'm thinking, maybe I should just send that away for grading, you know? See you in a year when he's a returning all-star and was a part of the Hornets playoff run. So there are guys, in fact, that that you as a basketball fan or follower of the game like this, or you listen to podcasts like this, you and I will know and pay attention to the guys who are in the process of breaking out, whereas a lot of the general sports card population um, doesn't have their their finger on the pulse of who's breaking out. They're, they're busy watching the World Series. You know, they care about the Braves and... What's the other team? Just kidding. The Astros. They, they're watching Thursday night football tonight. They're not looking at the NBA scores. They're not watching, you know, what what the young Oklahoma City Thunder players are doing and Josh Giddy's 18.10 assist night. They, they don't know Josh Giddy from P. Diddy. They and and okay. So if they're putting up the Josh Giddy silver optic from from the Chronicles box out for a dollar. I'm buying 50 of those. And I'm using this knowledge that I'm talking about. I'm going fishing. They don't know who Chris Duarte is yet. Right? I'm saying, know enough about that person's market to know as I go to a show. In fact, last time I went to a card show, this was about a month ago, I went to a show and one of the guys I was looking for was Tyrese Maxey. 
You probably knew that. Tyrese Maxey, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And there was one dealer. One. Who knew who those two guys were and had their cards priced with a, with their, with a successful full season already priced in, you know? I asked about his Tyrese Maxey Select Raw, you know, concourse card. And he's like, that's $14. I'm like, do you know that the other 48 dealers here have that same card for a dollar or less? <laughs> like, I didn't say that to him. I was just like, okay, so somebody's a big fan of Tyrese. Are you related to him or something? You know, I, there was one dealer, you guys, that, that knew all the names and could tell you, like, what Colin Sexton did against the Raptors last year in February. Like, he knew it. And so I'm like, all right, hey, uh, thanks for playing. I'm going to the next table. And I mean, that's where I found... I, what I'm saying, guys, is know the card market more than the other guys do. And they're making their money, you know? And sometimes I even I even tell them, if, 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 they, if he's got a Darius Garland silver hollow for $2, I'm like, do you... And to, to their credit, some of them do check the comps. I'm like, actually, that, that card is... You know, this is where I take the high road sometimes when, it, when it's like a crazy difference between what they think the card's worth and what it actually is. I'm not out to steal money from people, you know, because I listen to some podcast. Sometimes I'll say, you know, he's playing really well. Or, you know, that card's selling for higher on eBay. And sometimes the guy's like, oh, thanks for telling me, but I don't care. You can have it for two. I'm like, cool. Sometimes it does pay to be honest and it's the right thing to do. Other times, if they've got it in their dollar box or it's marked $2... That's their price. They said it. Okay. You know, or I'm I'm bundling it with 10 other cards and they just throw it in. Okay. That's that's awesome. Uh, they, they have chosen, a lot of dealers have chosen not to care about basketball prospecting because they're dealing with cards that are already big movers. So, but knowing the card market enough to know when it's time to get in for a deal. In fact, that's one of the reasons I'm inviting a lot of you, all of you, if you want, to join Hoops Plus because we talk more about those kinds of things, more content, NBA updates, and you get at least one more episode a week of uh, of us, Hoops and Cards, but also part of uh, limited conversations on Discord, part of uh, prize opportunities, and just being a supporter of the show. Guys, I'd love for you to join Hoops Plus. Here's my shameless plug. Join Hoops Plus for less than the cost of a pumpkin spice latte or a beer at B-dubs. Like you can jump in and support Hoops and Cards, get a lot more content, be a part of our community in a deeper way. Thank you to all of you that have already done it. Tomorrow's prize day, so I'm pumped to unleash the Kraken. I should give away a free Kraken. Ha ha, I forgot to tell you how to join Hoops Plus, didn't I? One way is to go to anchor.fm forward slash hoops and cards forward slash subscribe. And that'll take you immediately to a place to to sign up. Another way is to just look in the show notes for this podcast and the links right there for you. Right. Uh, that That's a great opportunity. And you guys, I love the listener feedback stuff. So please send those in. You can email hoops and cards podcast at gmail.com. 
message me on Instagram. Love interacting with you guys. I'm, I'm learning. I'm not the only one here making decisions. I learn from all of you and that is a blast. Uh, shout out to a lot of you guys that are participating in the discord already and sharing ideas and notes and, uh, have fun names like Dirk Nashty. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I, uh, yeah, Brett, Camden, Nathaniel, Peter, Jack, all you guys, that is uh, a lot of fun. Keith, shout out to you guys. Uh, you are making me better. You're making this podcast better. So appreciate you. Hopefully you enjoy the weekend and have a, have a game plan going in. Even if the game plan is just, I'm going to take a week off from basketball cards because I need to focus on other things. Or I'm in a holding pattern because not sure what's buying season anymore and what's not. That's cool. That's cool. Others of you... Maybe you've got like stuff you're ready to sell. Let's let's move some stuff. Let's move some product. So uh, even our previous episode had some seller 101 ideas for you when it comes to eBay online uh, selling auctions and buy it now possibilities, things to do. I, I sold a couple more cards yesterday, so I'm already thinking how can I buy something else with that that uh, return that I got. Yeah. So I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. I will probably do an episode Hoops and Cards on Saturday. Hoops Plus comes out tomorrow. So Saturday with some weekend and card show thoughts. I think that's always fun. That's always relevant. And uh, that's I guess that's one of the exciting things that uh, shows are fun. <laughs> they just are. And some of that is just watching how other people approach them. And the deals you can make and the people you meet and the conversations you have. So I I love telling those stories and yeah, grateful for another good show in our area. Hope you guys have one or can connect with one. We, We can create those virtually too, like on the discord places to buy and sell and trade and meet new people. That's all. That's a good time. So hoops and cards, shout out to all of you listeners in Chicago, Illinois, and New York City, and the Philippines. I keep saying the Philippines, but it's so cool that we have listeners in Melbourne and Sydney, and yeah, SoCal. So, peace out. Hope you have an awesome weekend. Send me your questions, your ideas. Send me your takes. If like, if you want to call me out and say, dude, you said this, and it sucks. Like, I can handle that. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm. This isn't who I am. It's just what I'm doing. So send me your takes, man, woman. All right, <laughs> all right. Have a great weekend.